Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Yucatan Sun podcast. So this is episode number one, and I am your host, Alexander Howell. This podcast discusses news and events in the Yucatan Peninsula, but more specifically, the state of Yucatan itself. Today, we are recording on January 9th, 2023, and this episode will be available January 9th. 2023 we're uh, we're recording pretty late in the evening this podcast is available exclusively on patreon for all of my patrons so if you are listening thank you so much for your support now let's get into the headlines so this is uh this is a brand new thing i want to make sure that this is available to all the patrons i really appreciate you guys uh this is also going to be available to uh, people like youtube members membership site and that kind of thing but for right now we are launching this as a thank you to uh to the patrons so much much appreciated the first episode or the first article that we're going to start with is uh just a happy birthday to Medina Mexico. January 6th was the official date and I believe if I'm reading this right Mexico is 481 Medina Mexico is 481 years old. Uh according to the Yucatan Times, Mayor Renan Barrera Conca Together with thousands of families from the municipality celebrated the 481st anniversary of Medida Foundation with the traditional alborada and the mornings to the city in the municipal palace. I think some of this is a little bit uh, uh, of an issue going from Spanish to English on the website, but we're going to bear with it. The celebration also marked the beginning of Merida Fest, quote-unquote, happy to be happy, which is a great cultural festival to be held from January 5th to the 29th with a billboard of 760 local and international artists from Spain, Colombia, Israel, Scotland, France, and Cuba, among others. And they've got a few amazing pictures. And, of course, this is available on theyucatantimes.com. It's one of their... uh, Uh, most recent articles but lots of pictures of the celebration very very cool 481 years only 19 more until it's a half a century or half a millennia old so very very cool there so moving on quickly to the next uh you can say magazine has an article called what expats from the u.s want usually it's adventure um, they've got a few pictures of an expat couple kind of just hanging around a nice place or uh, maybe maybe it's a hotel. But um, the idea of the article is that the reason that most people come to Medida or anywhere else in the world is because they're looking for something that is maybe missing in their lives. So just to quote a little bit from this article, few expats from the United States left home for political reasons, despite the idea catching fire on Google search engine after every political election or controversial Supreme Court decision. Although Gallup polls suggest that as many as 15% of Americans want to leave the country permanently, only a small fraction of them have taken the plunge. And when they do, one study suggests they usually leave for the adventure. And that's not a big surprise. I mean, I think every single person that uh, that's listen to or watch my YouTube channel kind of can figure that one out. One of the things I talk about the most is going to uh, the the different restaurants, going to the beaches, going to see the flamingos, going to the cenotes, going to all of the different things. You know, obviously the ruins in Mexico are some of the most beautiful in the entire world. So it's not a huge surprise that that would be something that um, that you'd be interested in. But they have a quote from Dr. Amanda, and I hope I get her last name right, Klikowski von Kopenfels. And her quote is, I always used to think that my story was, you know, something special. Turns out it's actually completely run of the mill. Most of us 
are out of the country by accident. She's an immigration or a migration scholar. It's not as glamorous as the myths would have you think. Dr. Kukowski von Koppenfels has been called the leading authority on the American diaspora, and she is part of that group herself. Growing up in Western Massachusetts, she never set out to become an expat. She went to Berlin to do PhD research in 1996. Eventually, she married a German man and started a family. Some 20 years on, she studies the middle class majority of the American diaspora at the University of Kent's Brussels campus. So it's interesting. You know, you you look at these situations just like, uh, you know, any of us that are uh, a part of it. I'm obviously uh, a little bit of a, you know, I'm kind of in the purgatory of the situation. But when you look at the reasons why people look to leave, it's not necessarily because you're looking to leave the United States. We all have this burning picture in our minds that there's this perfection that is one country or the other but we all appreciate where we came from but the reason that we leave is because it's something different it's something new and you know i always go back to um my favorite quote from mark twain dealing with um traveling and it's it's one of my favorite quotes and i'll say it now but it's travel is fatal to prejudice bigotry and narrow-mindedness and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts broad wholesome charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little quarter of earth all one's lifetime and i think that it's perfectly encapsulated in this article um it's a short one uh well well written and uh, but it kind of goes over the same thing. And it says the a Washington Post analysis of the United Nations data finds that just one American emigrates for every four Mexicans. The U.S., like most governments, does not keep a close count of citizens who have left the country. But the U.N. and the World Bank estimate around 2.8 million American born people live abroad. And as we've talked about or as I've talked about on my YouTube channel, uh, again, YouTube.com. I think I can't remember how you get to it. Channel slash Alexander from KC. You guys know how to look it up. It's on my channel and it's on the website and everything. But, you know, we talk about it a lot. Merida doesn't necessarily have the largest expat community, but it does have a very tight knit one. And when you go into different countries, you find that the people are absolutely amazing. A lot of times when we try to put blame on things, we try to put it on the people and really where we kind of don't like certain things it's more the government so i thought this article was really cool to bring up it was fortuitous that it came up during my first attempt at this uh this yucatan sun podcast so hope you enjoy that article but let's move on to the next one because this is one that i actually posted on my facebook group which is facebook.com slash group slash travel the number two medita so facebook.com slash groups travel the number two medita and the article is entitled medita airport sets new record in air passenger arrivals now it's not a big surprise that this has gone up in in recent months and even in the most recent year because of what happened with covid and even in the first um the first sentence, it says, with these numbers, the record of air arrivals to the state was surpassed once again, representing a 10% growth compared to the same month in 2019. Why did they say 2019? Because it was basically the last one before COVID where they could compare it month to month in, uh, in differing years. So up 10% even from 2019. So I'll continue on. And again, this is from the YucatanTimes.com. But this, this, in addition to what was achieved last December when the number of passengers reached and surpassed 3 million with a total of 3,092,951 arrivals. It was on December 26, 2022, when the highest number of passenger movements in the history of Yucatan was reported. 
with a total of 14,920. That's in one day. And it should be remembered, this article states, that last December 23, Governor I'm, I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize. Mauricio Villa Dosal presented the certificate to the three millionth passenger, Alberta Flores Torres. This surpassed the highest figure in 2019 when 2.8 million travelers were registered, which shows the development and positioning of the state as a tourist destination. This is what I've been talking about since I started my YouTube channel, but it's not a big surprise. This is a place where you have an amazing center an amazing capital in Merida for Yucatan you have several beaches you have beach communities that actually feel like beach communities but more importantly you actually have the true travel destination that is a place that does not feel like Cancun does not feel like Puerto Vallarta and even from what I've heard although I've not been there San Miguel de Allende Oaxaca I, I don't actually Oaxaca I think is a pretty good one from what I've heard from a few friends of mine but you know the Cozumels and stuff like that if you want a place that actually feels like you are living in a foreign country that gives you that same kind of feel that you want to travel to, that's what Medida is. And that goes on to say new flights to Medida's airport. Yucatan has increased its air connection with the recent inauguration of two new direct flights to Guanajuato Merida, operated by Valaris and Viva Airbus, as well as the Merida to Guatemala and Merida Flores routes, operated by TAG Airlines, which have frequencies of four and three flights per week. These are going to continue on. I mean, I, I've posted articles on the Facebook group, and I've talked about this on, I've talked about it live, and I've also talked about it on the um, on the YouTube channel that this just continues to kind of go up. And I think that, you know, it, it's a positive thing for the state of Yucatan. Obviously, I know that there's going to be some pushback, especially from people that listen to somebody like me um, talk about it. But when you find a place that's amazing, people tend to find it. So I hope that this um, this trend continues, but also that people appreciate it and do things in the right way. So again, from Yucatan Magazine, the next article, this quinta is fertile ground for young music students. I thought this was actually just kind of cool. La Escuela de Musica Cuchi, uh, I hope I pronounced that right, grew quickly at a quinta, at, yeah, in Yucatan, where a modest school building has broken ground. When designer Marjorie Scaris and her husband Bruno Bardavid Moved to Merida, the Grand Central Historical Home. They put together Merida to spread an architectural digest. Now the California duo is in the countryside with an entirely new emphasis, bringing out the musical talent in local children. Lured to Yucatan by fellow Los Angeles designers, they joined the community of artists and designers who found this part of Mexico a perfect outlet for their creativity. Marjorie knew right away it was an ideal match. Quoting Marjorie, we checked into the hotel, went outside, and I said, this is going to be the place. Yeah. And I think that pretty much all of us will agree that uh, Marjorie chose a fantastic place. The only thing that I can think about when I'm looking at the uh, with the pictures of this um, uh, class dealing in um, in music school, and that's a very long article. And again, it's yucatanmagazine.com slash this quinta is fertile ground for young music students. It looks like it's an amazing thing. And it says, just to end the article, um, after nearly 17 years in the film business, Marjorie is a prolific home products designer whose lighting, furniture, and accessories have been featured in magazines including World of Interiors, Architectural Digest, El Decor, Vogue, House and Garden, Bell Beautiful, Harvest Bazaar, and Veranda. Um, let's see. Today, her office and studio are in Medita, producing current lines and new pieces while working with local artisans and materials. The only concern that I might have is uh, when I think about music in Medita, is I always think about pianos and violins because it is so humid down there. They have to be impossible 
to uh to to keep tuned in so i wish all the best to her. you guys can again find this at yucatanmagazine.com and we're going to move on to the next one which is from the yucatan times plaza de toros merida announced a bullfight to commemorate its 94th anniversary now most of you probably know this yellow circular structure um kind of right in the heart of centro i i I thought about not talking about this, but it was a popular enough article where I wanted to. And I know that bullfighting is obviously something that a lot of people have um, varying opinions on. I'm obviously not a fan of, you know, throwing a red flag at a bull and then stabbing it. That seems like animal cruelty. But at the same time, you know, there are traditions all around the world, including in the United States, which we just literally saw uh, this week with the NFL player that was um, hit during a game, caused cardiac arrest, was given CPR and defib on a Monday night football game. And, um, you know, we still watch that like they're gladiators in the arena. So I put this in here because we as humans were kind of drawn to stuff like this. And I might as well talk about it um, if it is something that is a 94th anniversary um <clears throat> that is going on in the city. So let me grab a real quick drink here so I can, uh, you guys probably notice that my voice is not 100%, by, it's not even 10%. Um, I'm trying to get this through because my New Year's uh, resolution was actually start doing this for the patrons. So that's what I'm doing, but uh, my voice is absolutely shot. So let me grab a drink of water real quick here and I'll start up. So the article via the Yucatan Times starts out, Inaugurated on January 27, 1929, the Plaza de Toros Merida celebrates its 94th anniversary this year with a bullfight on January 29th at 4.30 p.m. With six bulls from Fernando de la Mora, the poster presents the darling of the Yucatecan fans, Arturo Macias, the greatest Mexican figure, Joselito Adame, and the figure of world bullfighting, Andreas Rocare. And I hope I got all those names right. For this traditional bullfight, all attendees are invited to wear white. Tickets are now available to enjoy the bullfighting festival this coming Sunday, January 9th. And I'm going to continue to read this a little bit because it's not the longest article in the world. And then we kind of talk about it. But a bullring with history, also called the Monumental de Merida, the Plaza de Toros, was built thanks to the promotion of the businessmen Fernando and Antonio Poro Mackey Perez de Hermedia. The first bullfight was led by Fermin Espinosa. And they have another name in there, but I can't tell how that's, um, how that's part of the article. The famous Spanish bull spider, Manolote, had his last performance in Mexico and America in this square on February 9th, 1947. In the bullfighting arena of Merida, the greatest exponents of bullfighting have performed, such as Carlos Aruza, Eloy Cavazos, Manoa, Manola Martinez, Curo Rivera, Zoto Luco, Elviti, Paco Camino, El Cordoba, El Cordobes, Elefandi, Enrique Ponce, Morante de la Puebla, and El Juli, among many others. So January 29th, if you are into bullfighting, I'm not saying you need to be by any stretch of the imagination, but um, if you're familiar with the Plaza del Toros and you want to see something like that, wear white, show up, and um, and and enjoy the the festivus i will not be there obviously but um that's something that is a, a historical event 94th anniversary coming to merida again from the yucatan times and this is going to be our last article now uh, it looks like we're going to finish up maybe a little bit shallow of 20 minutes so hopefully this got you from your uh house to your working destination on the monday morning but more investments than ever before in yucatan during this administration i thought this was a good one to end on it has a nice picture of Amazon workers, um, but we're just going to continue on to the article. It says, companies such as Steelex, Airbus, Tesla, 
Contenedores, Oceanos, Amazon, Woodgenix, Leonai, WebHelp, Grupo Alves, Ayamesa, Grupo Modelo, Terracosana, Pachoco, Maramar, Real Hispano, Petstar, Vertical Nets, Accenture. Wow, Accenture. I, I am familiar with that one. Provincias de Morales, Hacienda Minador de Oro, Destino, Mio, Mayan, Jungle, Retreat, Tikva, and Playa Viva. We got through all those. Have bet on Yucatan for its competitive advantages, air and maritime connectivity, legal, certainty, and security. Obviously, Yucatan, this is the uh, this is the clean sweep. This is the grand slam for you guys because the state of Yucatan is cleaning up when it comes to having the largest pier in the entire world, a fantastic airport, and uh, being centrally located where it is. But as part of... Vila dos Sol's commitment to bring jobs not only to Merida, but also to the interior of the state so that more people have the opportunity to find jobs near their communities. The current administration has attracted 154 new projects in 35 municipalities. These investments have not only been focused on Merida, but have also benefited the inhabitants of Caracin, Pero, Tatiz, Uman, Rio Lagaros, Valladolid. Unucama. I'm not going to pronounce the rest of those. I apologize. Tell Check Puerto Espida to call in Mococha. Uh, again, my uh, pronunciation on individual cities is uh, lacking, unfortunately. But likewise, a result of the commercial missions that the governor has carried out in different countries, an important commercial collaboration was achieved with the Middle East market, thus projecting the interest and links established with nations in that region so that Yucatan can be a supplier of, good, a supplier, rather, of goods and services, which translates into more and better opportunities for families. This entire article basically kind of goes over the fact that there are jobs coming to Yucatan, which I think is an absolutely amazing thing. When you hear, you know, people talk about expats or, or other people coming into Yucatan, that's one of the things that you hear the most. But it looks like because Yucatan is a wonderful place to be, has a government in place that is doing the right things, there are tons of jobs that are coming in. And I'm going to read the last couple of paragraphs here just to finish this up. And again, this article is available via the Yucatan Times uh, in their January 2023 articles. But as a result of this teamwork between the government and the private initiative, Yucatan registered last year an increase of 1,331.7% in foreign direct investment, ranking first among the entities with the highest growth, according to the Ministry of Economy, the SE. These alliances between the state, municipal, and federal governments have allowed Yucatan to have significant economic growth, 8.1% above the national average, which the national average is 5.9%. It is worth mentioning that as of October 2022, 57,000 formal jobs have been generated in the state, a figure that represents 32,000 more than the 25,000 that were lost due to the pandemic. So it is a net gain, according to the Mexican Institute of Social Security, the, IMM, the IMSS. In this sense, with 418,066 people, a new historical maximum of workers ensured the IMSS was reported as of October 2022 as proof of the constant work that the governor is undertaking to generate better development opportunities for all the inhabitants of Yucatan. Now, I'm not going to say uh, one way or another whether the politics of the governorship uh, is the exact reason why it's coming in. That is the way that this article is written. I have nothing against the governor. I don't know anything necessarily about the governor. I'm just stating that that was what the article said. Don't take that as me. Um, but based on what I'm seeing, this is absolutely a wonderful thing for the state of Yucatan. The fact that you are seeing growth continuing post-pandemic, and especially with the amount of people that are coming into Yucatan, which I do hear, uh, especially uh, on TikTok, which, by the way, uh, all of those things follow me at Alexander from KC, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the like. But um, 
I hear a lot, you know, of complaints about the number of people that are moving into Yucatan, but the the jobs that are coming in and the fact that it is positioned as one of the safest, one of the most economically uh, strong states in Mexico, it, it shows something pretty freaking amazing. So um, so that's the last article that we've got. Again, my name is Alexander Howell. I host uh, the Yucatan Sun podcast, which you are currently listening to, only available on Patreon to my patrons. And uh, when you're not listening to this, you probably found me on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com. Uh, I don't know the exact way to get to me, but Alexander from KC is always my hashtag. Just look up anything met in Mexico and normally you'll see my, uh, my fat face. <laughs> Um, and if you want to follow me on any of the social medias, it is Alexander uh, from KC. So like Kansas City, but Alexander from KC. Instagram is kind of my main thing, but I'm trying to grow my Twitter as well. On top of that, uh, you can find me on Patreon, Twitch, all that kind of thing. So Alexander from KC, follow me there. Text me at 816-72. Jesus Christ, I just forgot about it. Uh, 816-727-7740 email is alexander at alexanderhowell.com always feel free to follow me on those Uh, this podcast is never going to be one of those things that's as clean as the YouTube channel where I really kind of go through and edit it and make it look all pretty and nice this podcast is for you guys to get updated information about the state of Yucatan and to um, just kind of have a conversation with you and it's a lot to appreciate my my patrons and members of my channel and members of the website because you guys uh, you support me you do all those uh, fantastic things so just thank you so much for doing that and um, if you have any suggestions on something to cover obviously feel free to to contact me at any one of those uh, contact locations, and I will follow up with you. But outside of that, everyone, thank you so much for joining the initial, the inaugural, inaugural, the inaugural episode of the Yucatan Sun podcast, which will probably be the roughest one that we have. I hope that my voice is back next Sunday night so that I can actually say the things that I need to without sounding like I smoke three packs a day for the rest of my life. But just like the sign off on YouTube, I want to thank you so much for attending this. Thank you for following me. And as always, peace.